You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. And everybody, this is Ken Vellante with Something Rather Than Nothing. And goodness, uh, Zora Von Pavanian and I are already talking about cats. Uh, and the cat has appeared. Uh, we will have some video of this. We wanted to go in with a hot start here. Uh, Zora, welcome back to the program. Thank you. God, it's so great to be here. Um, I'm reflecting on the last time we met, which uh, I think was in like my favorite part of the Rose Garden. I think we were like yeah. in a little like Shakespeare nook um, and we were chatting and it was just like so warm and sunny. And I think it was also COVID time. So were we sitting like six feet apart from each other? I don't remember. <laughs> we, we, we were, it was in a strange time and, uh, or like a bubble, you know, being outside, but yeah, still, like um well you had a kick-ass jacket that you had made and so yeah. my inkling my inkling was to touch but i don't think that's how it worked back then i think it was like hey good jacket like the fonz i mean unbelievable yeah. like yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> i love that jacket so much um it starts conversations everywhere i go this is what we do i hold her like this and she gets her little toe beans going um, but yeah, I love that jacket. It starts conversations everywhere I go. And I had this really um, interesting experience a few years back uh, where I like um, got sort of put through a series of questions and um, to discover my life purpose. And it was really awesome because I think that, uh, um, you know, when we think about what a life purpose is, um, we maybe like have some really uh, existential and like grandiose ideas about what that can mean. And I discovered uh, just really because the words came flying out of my mouth and then I was like that awesome like tingle of divine sensation that comes over you when you say something that you just like know is the truth. Yeah. And you kind of feel your whole system go, ah, right? And I said out loud, my life purpose is to sparkle. And it was like, <laughs> it was like anybody who knows me would be like, yeah, obviously. Um, but in that moment, I was like, oh, God, it's like not to like do all of these other things that are maybe going to require me to like toil or have um, dedication beyond desire, right? Like to just like be a, like a, a, a workhorse for, uh, doing some vision or some artistic output that eventually, right. Requires more, you know, more dedication than desire, which is probably anything we engage with at some point, right. It can always be for fun. But when I said that, I was like, oh my God, everything is just like so simple now because, my life purpose is to sparkle, and that's so fucking easy, and I do that every day, and I feel like I also bring a lot of sparkle to other people's lives through, like, my various adventures, and and I was like, wow, it just was the most awesome, the most, like, awesome settling, and so I love that you bring up the jacket because, like, the jacket sparkles, right, and so literally and physically and metaphorically, we're just I'm, I'm here to sparkle. And I just, I love that. And so I love that, wow. you know, the jacket made such an impression on you. <laughs> I, uh, I think it's, I think it's wild because in this expansive show, I think you went to the edge of the universe and, and back in, and, and listeners, just so you remember, uh, we, uh, Zora was on episode 10, uh, special 10 way back when. And 10. We got to do the um, double digit. <laughs> it was it was absolutely fantastic, and uh, everybody's scientifically proven uh, that Zora's sparkle can be seen from outer space in the far reaches. <laughs> oh. So uh, not not just a rumor, but um, I was uh, yeah. So we we did the um, we did the video, um, which was a feature of of your work, your design, uh, cosmically speaking, at a dramatic point. And we had talked about this: the a, a breeze of the perfect uh, miles per hour blew through your hair, capturing the shot. A fun little thing like that. And so, um, trying to trying to make your 
make your magic. Now, I wanted to drop in and talk about some of the photos you've been doing. Um, and because, yes. uh, like, I have a list. I think I wrote a list of like 250 things, and we're just gonna like bop a okay. few here. But like, tell me about the the spirits, uh, the the photography you've been doing. Like, blast oh. me with that. Oh my gosh! Um, thank you so much for asking. I am so excited to talk about this. So, um, I uh, I have been in love with aura photography for a very long time. I had my first aura photo taken by a really awesome individual who I've had the um, the pleasure of being uh, shot by a couple of times over the years. Uh, her business is Radiant Human. She used to be here in Portland. Um, she's now in New York and continues to do big and beautiful and amazing things. And um, as someone who, you know, with burlesque, it's it's really about honoring those who came before you. And um, her name is Christina Lonsdale. And um, I, 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 you know, in in this in this universe here together, you and me, like I'd really love to give a shout out to her because um, I, when I first learned about aura photography, I was just like, what, what, like, what is this amazing magic? And then I went and had my photo taken, and it was such this like beautiful little keepsake piece of art thing that I was holding in my hand and. Uh, my girlfriend and I went to up uh, to BC for her birthday uh, in April of this year, and it's just something that I do. I'm always like every city, big city, right, that I go and visit, I'm always Googling aura photography. Is there an aura photographer in this city? So I found an aura photographer up in Vancouver, and uh, Lindsay had never had one done and really didn't know anything about it. And we went and it was amazing. And I was there with this, you know, incredible woman. Um, her business is Hello Aura. And I just said to her, I'm like, girl, you got to get to Portland. I was like, you know, Radiant Human. And she, you know, it's a very small community. I know this now. But I was like, Radiant Human, you know, has left a huge vacancy in the market and people are, people love this and they're interested in it. And it's very fascinating for folks who are into it and you should come to Portland. And we kind of had like a brief chat about it. And, um, essentially the punchline was that because of the challenges that folks have crossing the border and doing work, she doesn't ever come here. And I got in the car with Lindsay and I was like, why am I not doing this? Why am I not doing this? Like, why am I? And the 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 audacity of the question and like the audacity of my unknowing in that moment of like yeah why the fuck am i not doing this so i immediately when we were in the car i was like okay i'm doing this and our 5 hour car ride home is now about finding a business name like we are going to hatch the business name on this drive home from Vancouver. And we went through like a myriad of options. And I kind of did like some small like testing of the business name. And Ken, I will tell you, this whole thing has come about like an absolute miracle. Like if any of the listeners have ever had an experience where you decide you want to do something and the universe is like, here you go. It was just like one open door, one green light after another. I experienced no challenges. I experienced no resistance. And I learned a tremendous amount. Um, you know, there, as far as I was able to find and understand, there is one company in the entire world that actually makes the Aura cameras. Um, and it is the folks who are, you know, carrying on the legacy of Guy Coggins, who was the original maker of the very first camera. And they are down in Southern California. And you, you know, uh, like I, I reached out to them, we had some dialogue. And um, it was, uh, I, I will say, because I feel like it's just been an important part of like my journey um, with this whole experience as I launch. Um, that, um, when I decided to do this, my excitement and my sureness over it, there was, there was nothing that was going to stop me. And, um, I'm now like here, um, with the camera and have a website launched and have like 
started a business, which I know nothing about, right? Like, I mean, I have been mostly an employee my whole life. So when it comes to like, you know, kickstarting all of these little things that you have to do and knowing all the things. So it's been just a really uh, uh, explosive time of learning and growth and like getting like all those little buttons pushed. And, um, And now I'm here with this camera and this great love for Aura Photos and the opportunity to bring this like really amazing metaphysical kind of like ghosty magic into the hands of folks who want to participate. And it's, it's excellent. It's excellent. And I have, um, I have an event tomorrow actually, which I don't know when, but, um, November 5th, um, I have an event with Raven's Wing, which I'm so excited is this beautiful um, queer witchy shop in Selwood that I feel so lucky that they were interested in this and we're having a collaborative event. Um, and yeah, it just, here, here it is and here we are. And Aura Photography, if you don't know um, what it is, I'll, I'll dive into that real quick. Um, yeah, pl- yeah, please. Yeah, the, yeah, the bit of the maybe, background. Maybe cart before the horse, right? Definition before all the other stuff. Um, I uh, I do what you I do what you do, and then realize, <laughs> well, we're dropping down into the aura photography. But I let's let's do a little uh, time capsule. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what I love so immensely about um, analog or photography. So m- in my research, I discovered that there is a uh, like digital technology that will do a scan of you and produce like on a computer screen. Right. But that is not what we're talking about. So with aura photography, um, the, the silver sensors that you place your hands on are connected to the camera and that sort of magical, display of the metaphysical, your aura, the conductivity of the sterling that are literally on these sensor plates and then electrically connected to the camera produce these really wild images. So an aura, um, every living being, plants, animals, everyone has an electromagnetic field around them that sort of produces and can vary at different wavelengths and create different colors. There are folks out there in the world um, who can see the colors that people have around them with their naked eye. And I have done a ton of reading about that as well. I am not one of those people. Um, And uh, I think that it is, uh, you know, I think that they've sort of determined um, that, you know, the seat of all of that is going to be like up here with our pineal gland, if I'm saying that right. I think it's pineal. I feel like I've heard a couple people say pineal. That's how I have it in my head. So it's good enough for me. But I'm like, pineal doesn't work for me. Pineal does. Um, So, uh, so the, the aura, right. um, We're already sort of crossing into like, the woo science, right? We'll hyphenate it. We're crossing into woo science because there is, um, you know, we, we, we scientifically understand that there are wavelengths that move through the air that happen at colors that the human eye can't see. Um, and so not too much of a leap to understand and be enthusiastically bought into the fact that, right, humans carry that same thing. And the Aura camera is just a fucking delight, you guys. If you've never seen an Aura camera, it literally looks like something from like World's Fair. It has a very kind of um, steampunk essence to it, I would say. So the camera box itself is is really large. I think it's like, you know, eight, eight or nine inches wide by like 10 or 11 inches tall by about that deep. Like, so it's this big, massive box that the camera, the actual camera sits inside. And then there are these sensor plates. So they are, I wish I would have planned ahead. I could have grabbed one, or if we take a break, I'll I'll grab one. But um, the sensor plates are these very basic, it's like the shape, the shape of an average book, right? It's kind of like this big and about that deep. And there are literal sterling silver small little plates that look like they kind of line up like with the digits of your hand so there's like a plate here and then a plate here and then a plate here and you literally place your hands on these sensors and then the camera does this really amazing long exposure where 
the first couple of seconds it's actually capturing you. And then the other sort of like five to eight seconds, it's capturing the colors. And then the the camera beeps at me to let me know that it's done its job. And then I release the shutter and out, out pops this gorgeous, you know, instant photo that we get to watch develop real time. And all <laughs> of the colors start to show up. I mean, <laughs> it is, it is a fucking trip. And, um, I, it's so funny, even after like building a website and having to write all this copy and having to, you know, help not only literally define what an aura photo is so that folks who have never experienced it before can understand like what it is that they're Yeah, you'd want to do that, that right. You'd want to do it purchase. the right way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's right the secondary job of like, you know, helping helping people who don't know what it is or who don't know or who will be eventual clients of aura photography by me or by somebody else. Um help them help them sort of illuminate for them the magic that those of us who are behind the camera feel about about what it is to take an aura photo and what it is to like produce an aura photo for someone it just it is i i just i think it is the fucking coolest thing ever and <laughs> i love it because i'm learning i'm also you know th this is new for me so i'm in the process of like learning about the colors and uh, and just like doing as much understanding as I can because the colors are associated with the chakras. And so where your color falls in your field um, means just as much as the color itself. So there is an anatomy to the aura. So when you're looking at an aura photo, um, actually, hold on one second. Yeah, most definitely. Okay, so... Um, this is not a photo that I took, but it's a photo that I have out. Um, this is a photo. Let's see if I can. Oh, the reflections are really bad. But um, this is a photo of me and Lindsay. And this was taken up in Vancouver. And <laughs> yeah, Lila's here trying to rub her face on it. <laughs> this is just but, um, this is too precious. This is just oh too God. cute. Okay, okay. OK. So here's here's the photo. Right. And you can see. Like the reflections are really hard, but you can see that there's some kind of orbs of yep. light here. Yeah, most and definitely. And yeah. all of this stuff happening here in the middle and then in the outer. And, Between you two um, as well. And, and it's hard to tell because Lindsay is wearing a black shirt. But if you, there's a whole lot of like purple, like purple and indigo happening over here. Um, and there's like some like red and orange happening. Like it just, they're just wild. They're totally wild. And, you know, I will take 20 pictures in a row and none of them will look the same. But then every now and then I will have folks that maybe do something similar. So this was interesting. I, I had an event um, and I ended up having like a really, like one of my best friends was there and she invited one of her instructors. They both do massage therapy and their healer auras were remarkably similar. Like the whole night, it was like so much intensity and diversity in the colors and in how the photos looked. And she and her instructor, like both in massage healing arts, right? They both had strikingly similar colors and color placement. And it was like unbelievable. It was just, it was so cool to watch. And here's another fun example. I took a photo of my mom and I took a photo of my stepdad and they had totally different colors, not the same at all. And I took a photo of them together and more of his colors pulled in their photo than my mom's. And then I took a photo with my mom and the dog Beatrice. And I took a photo of my stepdad and Beatrice and the two photos with Beatrice were almost identical. So I was like, can I pull an aura off of a dog? I like part, this is, I'm jumping around a little bit. No, but, um, no, I'm, 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 I'm with you. One of the things that I would really, really like to do with this um, is, and I, I don't have this fully fleshed out yet. Like I just, I know that it's going to be part of, of this adventure somehow, but I, I would really like to engage um, with at least one event or charity every year and just go with the camera 
and like bring joy and bring sparkle. And um, I, um, I love the Oregon Humane Society. I donate to them regularly. Like when it was time to like change out my car, like God bless all those ads on NPR that was like, donate your car. It's like my car fucking died. And I was like, Five minutes later, I was like, I'm calling the Oregon Humane Society. It like, worked. take my car. It worked. Right. So I would really, really love to do an event with the Oregon Humane Society. They don't know this yet. At Oregon Humane Society, if anyone's listening, um, I would really love to go do an event with them, like either on like a big adoption day push or on like, you know, and take photos of people with their new companions. And 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 if I can pull, right, if I can pull their auras if I can get enough of their paw on the sensor, what the photos with Beatrice proved to me was that I can get a reading. I can get a reading off of an animal. And what was even fucking crazier was that the the photos of my mom and Beatrice and Floyd and Beatrice were literally almost identical. And the colors that were in that field were nowhere in the color field when it was just my mom or just Floyd. So it's like, it's like, both of those photos pulled Beatrice a hundred percent. And what's even crazier is like um, when, when we talk about the colors and their meaning, you know, red root chakra, right? Like we, we are grounded. That is the color that is close to the earth. People who pull red tend to be um, like very physical beings, right? Like uh, they, you know, they'll do a lot physically. Uh, they're folks who really like um, analytical stuff. They like structure. They like organization. They kind of like things to have sort of like a set rhythm. Like people who pull red um, tend to be like more on the ambitious side, maybe a little more on the type A side, right? And so this is where we start. And I would love to go through all the colors, but we're not going to do that today. Maybe that's a different episode. But by the time you get to the top, right, you get mm -hmm. to your third eye and you get to your crown, we're up in like indigo and purple and like these deeper, deeper core colors. And the photo of my mom with Beatrice and Floyd with Beatrice were exclusively purple. It was like purple with lavender, with like purple going into indigo and purple and indigo, while they are next to each other, they do carry some different properties. But as a punchline, it is um, highly spiritual, meditative, vibrates very closely with nature. Like you, um, one article that I read said that at some point there was a photo taken of, um, I think of a monk. It was somebody who does a very high and dedicated spiritual practice. And they were like purple and white because white is like at the very top, like white is sort of like yeah. this angelic color. I've read a bunch about white and I've heard that it's very, very rare. And so I was like, of course, of course, the sentient dog being is going to pull purple and be like vibrates closely with nature, like, right? Like third eye. And it was just like, it was just really, really fun. And uh, I, I think I think I have a really deep appreciation for the inexact nature of the science as as sort of um, uh, like uh, maybe frustrating as that may be for some folks who like really want something kind of specific or diagnostic. Well, the interpretive, the interpretive yeah. element to it. Yeah. And, um, and, and I think that that's really what the beauty is, is that there is maybe like a, a set of like a premises or like a set, like an essence, right. Of like what goes along with that color. And again, like I'm doing my best to like read and learn, but there's such a range. Like if the color is exactly that color, like right here in this channel, then it's this, but if it's a little bit faded and kind of got more white in it, then it could be more like this. And if it's like murky or muddy or kind of is like not exactly clear or gets a little darker, then it tends to mean the opposite of whatever that color is, right? Like if yellow, for example, is like this very like happy, fun, vibrant, outgoing, um, you know, like kind of a bubbly color, if there's like a muddy yellow, that can mean like jealousy or frustration or like, right? So <clears throat> within within the color, there's also like up here and down here. And so there's the colors, there are just so much to go into. But to, um, to circle back around to the original question, um, an, an instant 
an instant photo um, is happening by the process of you placing your hands on these sensor plates, that energy being literally conducted to the camera with an electrical cord, and then the camera produces. And it, it's, um, it's uh, I, the, the camera uses uh, the Fuji Instax film, but in sort of the vernacular, like it's a Polaroid, right? It comes out, it's blank, and then we watch it happen real time. And it's just... It's just a fucking marvel. It is just the goddamn coolest thing. <laughs> it's a sens- I, uh, I think sensory. It's, cool. it's, yeah. a, it's just such a a sensory delight. I tell you, one of the things I was thinking because I was I was listening to your description and the colors, and um, I was definitely thinking my my brain translating it and thinking about like painting and interactivity between colors and space on on a canvas. So when you're talking about like this. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to lead to a question really quickly. When you were talking about like this, uh, maybe uh, melding or amplification of colors, particularly with maybe more than one being, is there any aspect where with your like sensitivity, you feel like, like there's a voyeuristic, like you see like a lot that, you know, like a lot all at once, or is it not work like that? Um, this is a great question. Um, I think as um, someone in this adventure and also in my burlesque adventure, um, that finding um, finding that consistent, dependable, and kind of like quick path of keeping grounded within myself so that the energies that I'm encountering and that the energies that I'm observing, um, you know, like... I personally believe that like things can latch. It's not like I, I am definitely of that school of thought that like you really kind of have to do like a cleanse. And so, um, I, I, uh, like there, there are no bad colors in the aura. There's only information. And so I feel like my sort of intention when I'm looking at people's photos and I'm reading them is to help them understand approximately what those colors can mean. And they can find a deeper meaning and definition within, within that information. You know, this is not, um, this is, this is not fortune telling. Um, this is not a tarot reading. This is not a, a psychic experience. It's like um, a guide is a guide. Or yeah. Like yeah. Like I really, I really think it's my job to distill, um, distill the information as best as I am able to curate it. And they can really experience what that means and how that is impactful or illuminating for them. Yeah, I wanted didn't want to skip over, and it's almost like just a practical, like living type of thing. Yeah. The point on when you were talking about, and my question probably encapsulated a lot of things, but in the the contact with the energies and the transfer, and your in your work as an entertainer, yeah. combined with your sensitivity, and I know we talked a bit about this in the past, yeah. like combined with your sensitivity towards like the coming in, 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 in going with that. Um, you had mentioned like a way, I don't know, was it like balance or a cleanse, but like, yeah. what is it? I'm not, I'm just saying like, what is it, what is it that you do as a, as a practice? I'm sure there are many things, yeah. but like, how do you deal with that? Because I can recognize that within you. I share some of that quality exchanging things. Where's me? Where are they? Yeah. You know, yeah. That That's, it's a, um, it's a, that's a great question. I love this question. And, um, it's, uh, isn't it wild, right? Cause you probably have a thing that you do and, and those practices may not look anything like the other. Um, when I'm performing, I think my, my ritual, um, is actually a very physical one. When I come home, I unpack my bag. I unpack my bag. I put everything away. Everything gets hung back up. Everything goes back in whatever case, you know, or it's like storage container. Um, The bag gets put back up on the top shelf, like the luggage shelf in the closet. And, uh, and that is really how I seal off the energy. Um, And when I'm doing, when I'm doing the aura photos, um, it, 
it it is uh, I would say, and I think probably also because I'm I'm new um, to it, um, it is really kind of tough to stay grounded because I am so excited about every photo that I see. I'm just like, look at you, look at your gorgeous colors, like <laughs> right, and I I because I love it so much and I'm so enthusiastic about it. Um, you know, I have to continue doing a good job of like being the purveyor of enthusiasm, but also, you know, being a little bit more reserved so that that person, you know, gets to have an experience that is independent of like my excitement and my joy for the thing. So that is kind of my first step with aura photography. Um, and, and then the second thing, um, you know, uh, is I carry obsidian and clear quartz in my pocket and those two stones do very different things. And so I just like in the moment, it's like, is this a right pocket or is this a left pocket moment? Which one is it? And I'll just reach in and it's just a very tactile, like I will rub the stone, you know, obsidian is dark black and it is um, really good to like, if you're having a tough day or you're feeling like there's just a lot going on, like you can put obsidian in the shower, you can put obsidian in the bathtub with you. Um, you know, that it's a really, really great stone for helping wick away like negative energy. So if you end up having an encounter, you're like, wow, like I, I can't quite describe it, but that I'm just feeling a little off kilter. Or like, if I feel like I'm a little bit too much up here and I need to, you know, bring myself down a little bit, I will rub, um, I will rub the quartz just for clarity and cleansing and grounding. And, um, whether, um, you know, it, 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 it real or placebo, it doesn't really matter. I have found I have found a process through the tactile rubbing of the, the, these like very differently shaped stones um, that just zips it up. Grounding it, it, and I think what we're talking about is like grounding ritual or more than that. It doesn't matter because it's 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 a combination of those type of things. To yeah. Well, I th thanks for dropping into that, and it isn't just because. Uh, uh, up where we are in the Pacific Northwest, it's turned very rainy, very gray. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and, I mean, it's not just because it, it uh, we're recording here on the weekend, but uh, it gets rainy and gray. And I'm like, well, um, the color, you know, I'm having you on here for the right. for the color. And oh, you uh, got it, you got it. Here we are, here we are I, in all the colors. <laughs> I was just about to talk about your hair, and yeah, um, uh, lovely, uh, lovely uh, purple. You keep saying uh, indigo; it keeps coming up in the the as a, as a color. And what you mentioned, I've seen a lot of uh, people with like that nice um, uh, color. One of the uh, one of the really cool things, um, and, and thank you, uh, first of all, Zora, for like dropping into like catching me up on um, the spirit of photography, the aura photography, because uh, just for me, I bumped into it like in a historical sense. Um, I would look at those type of things historically. Mm -hmm. I'm from New England. I'd be in old oh, yeah. books, bookstores and see yeah. oh, God, old yeah. tiny yeah, 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 type. Yeah. Like, so I got that, I got that feel for it, but it was great to see, um, you drop in the way that, that you drop in. And I know what you're minding me. Cause you know, I don't know where you're doing the patents or doing beautiful, uh, burlesque <laughs> dancing or what you do with some of these hours and those hours, you can do yeah. a lot of, at, 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 you know, as an athlete, uh, we've, yeah. we've talked about that, but, um, it's just really great to see a, like in that creative mode and like learning and, and dropping into this and uh, listeners will share a bunch of images and um, you know, a, a little bit of things uh, to catch you up, uh, catch you up with uh, Zora. So, Hey, you got some things to throw out at us Zora? like what you're thinking, like where you appear in the, in the universe, where the photo, where this photo opportunity, like all that type yeah. of stuff, because the world's moving quickly. Now we haven't talked in a while. So like, tell us the things 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, um, like I said, I, I have this really beautiful event happening tomorrow with Raven's Wing. I'm so excited about that. I've got a couple things brewing um, for the new year. I'm really excited. I might be part of this really lovely event um, that kind of falls around Valentine's, which kind of parlays into, doesn't answer the question in a slight tangent, but um you know, for anyone who's watching, the photo that I showed earlier is a photo of me and my girlfriend. And so, and I've already sort of referenced it before, like, you know, or photography can accommodate sort of technically up to two, say, beings. Um, and so the idea of like having like kind of like a Valentine's adjacent um, event would be really lovely um, because I love taking duo photos family members, friends, lovers, besties, like whatever it is, um, getting two people in the tent at the same time is really a fucking marvel because you get to sort of watch these colors meld. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to be doing more events, um, that are like that, where there are folks who will come in in ones and twos, um, and engage in that way. Uh, I am still setting up, um, possibly one or two more events this year, including an event that might be happening on new year's. Um, but it's a show that I'm already performing at and I don't know, <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I know that my bandwidth is pretty solid, but um, to set up the tent, um, which maybe we can get into that next. So I, I'll sort of pause here and say what's really, I think, intriguing and like comically entertaining is that aura photography actually requires mostly darkness, right? Like <laughs> most photography, it's just like the tents and the lights and the things. And it's like, get the lighting just right. And like, don't don't go take a photo on a bright, sunny day. It's actually better when it's overcast. It's always about the lighting. And aura photography is still about the lighting, but it's just, I think it's this really um, like um, fascinating and kind of like cheeky aspect of aura photography is that it's got to be mostly in the dark. So I have built um, this gorgeous tent that um, it was by far like the biggest sewing project I've ever done. and um, Which is saying tent, something. Which is, is saying <laughs> something. I know and that. Did I learn so much? Oh my God. It, like, Ken, I swear to God, it was like, it was like the homegrown version of sitting with uh, like the Ikea instructions. Oh no. Where you're like, that doesn't look like the right time to do that step. No. I'm just going to do that later. And then you get to later and you're like, oh, you're describing my kryptonite. Like, just so you see. know about me, <laughs> like everything you're saying about like sequence and detail and detail over a billion hours. Yeah. Uh, bless you. Bless yeah. you from the bottom of my yeah. heart. You are yeah. describing. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yes, so the tent, um, the tent is just, it's, uh, it, it's, it's very cool. It's round. It's like shaped kind of like a pill. If you look at it in plan view, um, it is, uh, four feet wide by eight feet long and it's about seven feet tall to the crown, not to the peak. And I have stitched together this fabric because I had a really exacting vision of like the colors of the tent and how that was going to tie in with some of my branding. And so um, I, it's, it's funny. I can't seem to stay on the, the topic of when is your next event? It's like, well, no, 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 no. But, but the no. problem is too, with our combination, I'm following the tent and what yes. it looks like thank right you. now. Cause now thank my, you for, my, thank you for being along for the ride. <laughs> my, my brain starts to move towards like something wicked this way. I'm, I'm, I'm moving along yeah. with you and whatever. Yeah. You know, okay, great. Okay, great. I haven't, I haven't lost you. I haven't lost you. So, um, the tent is meant to travel with me and with the camera so that I can basically go anywhere I need to and and it set this tent up in any environment because it's a blackout tent. So I can gain the environment that I need in terms of color, lighting, all that stuff, right? The color being black, you have to be doing these photos on a black backdrop and lighting, you know, I can control the lighting if I'm in, you know, a, a blackout tent. Um, and so it um, it's sort of an interesting balance of um, folks that I'm talking to that want to share space, that want to collaborate, that want to have an event and deciding, can the tent fit 
is there somewhere for the tent to go? And uh, if not, what alternative uh, spaces might you have where this can still be successful? And so I've got I've got those two setups, and right now um, it's just an interesting sort of hybrid of working with folks on the footprint of the tent, which was intentionally designed to be minimal. Like when I set up the tent, in the tent with me is the camera, obviously on a tripod, and then the bench where my clients. Yeah, that's excellent. That's really cool. Best yeah. sit. So it was also uh, to kind of really back up. Um, part of this whole, like launching, launching this business was also like designing this tent, um, which is fun because, you know, I've got a small background in that. And so designing something that, um, met the call of it's lightweight. Um, I can assemble it completely by myself without help. And it has to be small enough to transport in the back of my car. So it was like, and so I, I designed this really awesome thing. My friend Adam made it for me, um, and it is it is spectacular. And so now as I'm engaging with folks who want to have events, who want to collaborate, it is, does the tent come with me? Does the tent not come with me? And if it doesn't, like then what sort of opportunities are there to, um, to set up in your space? And Raven's Wing is a great example. So the tent would not fit in their retail environment, right? Why, why would a, a massive four by eight by seven, you know, piece of furniture just magically drop in? Um, so they have a tarot reading room and that's where I will be. I'm going to hang a black sheet on the back wall and uh, we're going to do our best to black out the space. Go on riff uh, a bit on... Um... Uh, things that you have coming up or things that you're working on. And okay. So yeah, coming up, um, I'm really excited, uh, to be a part of the annual, um, soiree that happens at the Alberta Rose theater. Um, a really incredible friend and musician and performer, um, sort of collaborative, collaboratively puts on this show with Izani, um, which a little background, um, Johnny and Isaiah are both local to Portland, um, burlesque performers, entertainers, fire performers. Um, yes. You know, you know, amazing. Um, amazing. Amazing. Yes. Collectively, they are um, Izani and they uh, co-produce this show with Pink Lady, Lindsay Deanne. Um, and they basically put on a smash of a show every New Year's. And um, it is... Uh, it is it, it is such a it is such a sense of home and family and camaraderie and it is one of my favorite events all year just because I think the the sentiment and maybe the nostalgia of what it is to be together on you know on that while the year changes over and also you know burlesque is really vibrant and thriving in Portland. And for those of us who have been doing it for a really long time, I think I'm coming up on like year 15 or 16. When we started, there wasn't a whole lot. And so there's some OG performers that um, tend to uh, tend to tend to pop up every year um, at this event. So it's really just like being in a room with folks that I've been doing this with for the better part of two decades. And it is when I, whenever I'm hosting or emceeing a show, I usually have like a small statement about like whatever that thing is that you really love with those people that you really identify with, like go find that thing because it doesn't matter how many years I've been doing burlesque, that feeling is still so potent and still so acutely with me after every show of like, God, I'm so fucking lucky to be able to do this. <laughs> so I'm so lucky to know all of these wonderful sparkly people and we do this thing you know, that we all love. And, you know, burlesque is an entertainment industry like any other, and it's self-propelled. Like the people who are in it have to love it, have to want to be there because if burlesque just magically stopped tomorrow, it's not like, I mean, maybe some diehard fans, you know, but it's not like the world would come knocking and be like, whatever happened to burlesque, right? So there is this motivation and this, um, dedication and this really 
um, I think like pure joy for what burlesque as an output and like as a performance is um, that keeps people coming back. And so to be in, you know, to be in a room and on a stage with folks that have been doing it for so long that I formed these like really wonderful friendships with, um, there's nothing quite like that. And so that is what I have coming up next um, is New Year's. Um, and I do actually, I think I, now that I'm reflecting mentally on my calendar, I do have one show before then. It is with um, Diva Drag Brunch, um, which is an incredible production run by Justin Buckles. Um, and I feel very lucky to be part of the Diva Drag Brunch family. Um, I'm going to be performing in Portland at Swan Dive um, at Diva Drag Brunch. Um, I, I think the show usually starts around noon. And I can send you all those details. Um on like where to find me next. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's sort of what I've got coming up through the end of the year. And, um, it's, it's so lovely. It's so lovely. Well, I feel so lucky to be part of it. <laughs> well, I, I wanted to, to just take a moment to, mm -hmm. uh, Zora, just to pause and, and, and just mention a couple of things where, I don't know, sometimes it might be just kind of like quickly passed by. And, and I just wanted to, to, to really, uh, to really thank you because, um, to be able to talk with you when I have, and you worked with me and in, in doing a video that was, you know, dedicated to you, which yeah. is wonderful. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's aspects where, um, there's a certain type of, of freedom and comfort in expression where, mm. um, that space really helps me. I want to give you an, I just want to give you an example, right? So mm. I'm 51. I, yeah, we can each talk about our experience, but I can tell you when it comes to, when it comes to heteronormative, uh, very strict ways of viewing the world, it's a bizarro thing that I grew up with and lived around yeah. a lot of my life. And I feel like yeah. a lot of great opening, like, but mm -hmm. I'll tell you one thing where I want to say that you're important and just like, kind of just understanding things so i was yeah. like 19 or 20 and again that was the environment i was around um yeah. i was in um the village right so i was in greenwich village running around i was from rhode island but and i'm like hey i'm in the village and i'm i'm a wild guy always been but I, <laughs> yes, i'm, but, I'm yes. <laughs> but i'm also like a early 90s you know male maybe uh rough edges and stuff but and so I go there. I never been to them. I'm like, hey, I'm in the village and all this stuff. And immediately I understood everything. Like at that point, I was like, a lot of this stuff we're playing is a hoax. This is fun. Oh, I'm attractive to this man who looks like, like oh my God, because it's makeup. And like it, it just messed with my head. And I wasn't freaked out about it or anything. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. just like, this is cool. And I just want to say that like, seen uh films and glitter tribe and and working with you and um just that you're just an outstanding performer i mean just like lovely and the mm -hmm. things that you make I, it helps it helps I, yeah. it helps in there's something about portland with all its sins all its faults that has this this freedom that i don't see anywhere else which yeah. just helped me to understand the world and people just being who they are. So I want to thank yeah. you for your part yeah. in doing that. You yeah. Know, so. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I resonate very much with what you've said because I think that I had, and I think we talked about this maybe in our last interview, because it's impossible for me to not talk about this when I examine sort of what burlesque has been and become for me, you know, a lot of things that we do in our lives, um, you know, we do them because there's an interest or an intrigue, you know, or like we kind of go that way. And it's this output of, right, like our time and our interest flowing to that thing. But when you, when you can hit that like right pitch, when you can find that like really unique and beautiful turn where the thing that you're giving so much to like doubles back and now you're getting so much from it. And that's what I feel about burlesque. Like when I started doing burlesque and I'm going to just, you know, risk saying as I'm starting to do aura photography, like I, I can reflect on how there is a lot of effort and output 
time, financial, emotional, right, that goes into making the dream happen. And then you arrive to this place where you, you've you got a rhythm, right? There There is a certain effort when you're starting. There is a certain effort when things are growing and beginning. And then you can kind of plateau where you can enjoy the operation and the function that you've set up. Yeah. And, and so having that, that feedback of like burlesque being this like beautiful, rich, dynamic thing that I just like get to go be a part of, right? Like, it's like, yeah, I do burlesque, but like, it's interesting how, um, like, as I'm saying this, like, I can appreciate that, like, my view of burlesque is that it's like this energetic entity that like, I'm fortunate enough to get to tap into. Because what I get, like, it's not this like static one direction. Like I make the costume, I mix the music, I book the show, I do the performance. It's like, no, it's this, it's this whole other thing. And that's what I can imagine or a photography is probably going to be eventually. Because the thing that I really love, and this is a very personal statement, is that burlesque is the one thing that I choose in my life 100% from like desire and excitement, right? I choose to like do dishes because there's an Some obligation. Some different ratio. Some different I ratio. <laughs> go to my job every day because, right? Like I do like what I do, and and I have to make a living. But like, you right? We all work out of duty and obligation, and so to find a channel in your life that you get to do a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I'm choosing this from like desire and from joy and from enthusiasm is fucking wild. Because yeah. when you stop to think, it's maybe a little bit like disconcerting, how much of your life you actually do from like genuine, enthusiastic, like choice, I don't think it's very much. There's a whole lot that we have to do to survive and to maintain. And yeah, like the spectrum of choice has to be acknowledged. It's like choosing from obligation and from duty all the way down here to like choosing from joy and enthusiasm. And so to circle back to the thing that is impossible for me to not talk about whenever I talk about burlesque, <laughs> and that is um, when... There, there was a very specific show that I went to and performing that night were many of the people who I see every year at that New Year's show. And I saw those folks performing and I was like, that's it. That's fucking it. That's it right there. And this thing, because I'd been, I'd been performing burlesque a little bit at that point. Like I'd, I'd been doing it. Um, I hadn't quite found my rhythm. I hadn't, I just hadn't found my groove. And I went and I saw that show and I was like, this, this was the nebulous, ill-defined, without edges idea that's been just like sitting on the back of my brain, just like kicking its legs, waiting to create enough of a breeze for me to look its way. And I just was like, and it's the same thing as when I was like, my life purpose is to sparkle. It was like the words flew out of my mouth and then like just this amazing, this amazing sense just like washed over me. It was like, oh, and like I cried a little bit after I said that out loud because I was like, wow, it feels so good to just speak the truth, which is usually pretty simple. And in that moment, I was like, this is what I want to be doing. <laughs> and like yeah. I went and found the producer of that show and, uh, you know, they they were going to be like handing the reins off to somebody else. And so I was like, you then introduce me to whoever is going to be taking over because I'm about to be a part of this. And, Damn. Go. you know, yeah, and like go. that was like what, like 2009, maybe it was fucking ancient. It was so long ago. And that is the moment, right? That is that is the moment that that we, I think, get to have in this life if we're attuned and if we're listening and if we're willing, right? Because it's fuck, it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of fucking work. It's a lot of closet space. 
it's a lot of time. And, you know, there, um, there are definitely parts of like the arrival, the invitation to go and do these really fun, wild things that you could be doing with your life, like in your free time. And I, that is the thing that it's just like, when you find that thing, when you find that group of people, just fucking run at it with everything you have, because it it will eventually feed you. I can't believe the lessons and the growth that I have like been so fortunate to come into because of my dedication to burlesque, because of my dedication to like the craft and the art and like what I, what I really, really love to be doing. And it has taught me so much. It's not just me going and doing this thing. It's like, it is a, it is a full, complete, robust feedback loop. All hail Queen Zora. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. I, um, I, uh, before I let you go. And the only reason I, I'll, I'll let you go is because you are uh, busy and this iteration of you we've captured on 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 audio. But I want to tell you something because I think it's important. Um, I uh, so we met um, by this combination of a, a botanical yeah. burlesque, yeah. which is an yeah. idea when I ran yeah. into it. I didn't know, but I know I love the plants in flora and I know I love burlesque. And I saw a photo of you and I said, I know I, I really like her too. And so it drew yeah. me, it drew me all there, <laughs> but here's a really, really cool thing. I, um, I talk about on the show a little bit. One of my favorite podcasts over the last few months is called rooted rooted pod and it's this deep dive in 10 to 50 minutes uh increments by m grebner gaddis who is a plant geek extraordinaire and um just 10 to 15 minutes into history lore shakespeare oh, movies what the plant i'm is gonna message you after this because i want that name again okay yeah i will ha- give that all to you but one of the things that really just clicked into my head is just it is so cool to see the plants around you and oh. and, and, and 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 for me here's the thing it comes from me is um my my mama raised me around plants and yeah. it gets gray and it gets but like there's this old wisdom of yeah. putting living growing green things yeah. and thank you for f- making me feel more alive by by both your plants and of course your yeah. your, your Here, spirit you know what? while we're on it i'm gonna pull something onto frame which is so much fun so um i i wow i'm gonna have to scoot back so i went and bought this this massive glass vase. Wow. And I've put an orchid and some ground cover in there. And there's a little bit of condensation happening right now, but you can see like the orchid leaves. This thing has bloomed twice in the last year. And I will tell what? you for any, for any orchid fans, um, I am not, I am, I am in no way, right? It's just orchids are like, I love them and they're gorgeous, but we, Me too. I, can't, Oregon, I can't keep them going. I can't. No, we, we do not live in the geographical jackpot to grow orchids without like a setup and a lot of dedication. Like it's got to have a misting system. It's got to have condensation and humidity. And that is what the cool thing is about that little terrarium that I made is that this orchid is going bonkers because I water it twice a year. And then it just it just has its own little ecosystem going inside there and it has bloomed twice. And I fucking, I, I, I actually, I made another one. There's another one right behind me. Yeah, there's another this one is right all too much. Me. It's like wow. right there. You can see there's a bunch of ground cover in there, but there's an orchid baby at the bottom. They're all you are a wild. You are a wild woman with these plants. I mean, they're just yeah. beautiful and flourishing. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Having fun, yeah. huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get you because of what you told me about what's going on back behind you. I'm very happy to release you and for you to jump into the things that I know are going on back behind you and to yep. move to your next thing. I'll send you a couple messages. Don't worry about anything here. I'll take care of everything. Okay. 
Awesome. Ken, it's so great to chat with you again. This was so fun. How does 60 minutes like evaporate like that? I feel like you and I need to have like a five hour. That's, that's, that's <laughs> we need the thing. Like, a five hour. I just press, yeah. we just press, we just press pause. Um, I love it. I love it. Love, that's right. Love you so, Zora. Awesome. Ken, thank you for everything. Have a great rest of your weekend. You too. Bye. This is something rather than nothing. And listeners, to stay connected with us and our guests, visit somethingratherthannothing.com. Join our mailing list for exclusive updates and access to guest-created art. If you enjoyed this episode or any episode, please like, subscribe, leave a review on your podcast platform. People really read that shit. Your support helps us reach more listeners and spread our community across the planet. This is a global show, and we like to give a shout out to our many listeners across the world, including many listeners in Canada, Spain, Germany, UK, Argentina, Brazil, India, Thailand, and so many more places. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at something rather than nothing podcast for behind the scenes content. And the best way to help the show is to tell your friends about us. If you love it, they'll love it too. Tell your friends who love it. We love you. This is Something Rather Than Nothing podcast.